Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. But it's, it's already being used. What can I say? <laughs> okay, get me situated here, guys. You have a bottle of water. Oh, my little black notebook has a white envelope in it. Nope, nope, inside. Inside the notebook. Nope. There it is. Okay. Well, good morning. Yes, sir, I'll do that. Um, Mark McGovern, will you stand, please? I heard twice while you were playing that you're in a transition and you need some wisdom you're looking for and it has to do with choice but also has to do with timing. You're going to need to step back from your... It's amazing how you get... uh, This is me adding into this. When you get retired, how busy you are. Okay? You're supposed to pull back and give him some more time. The answers are already there and the revelation will come if you'll take that time. Roger, you need to stand up. Buddy, uh, I ran this over a number of times. I'm just telling you that there's some desires and dreams in your heart. God birthed. And attention finely tuned to see breaking through effort that you so desire. Okay? There's a lot out here today, folks. I mean, the Holy Spirit's moving. There's a lot of dimensions to this service. Remember, at all times, we are a church family. And every individual counts immensely, and your participation with it matters. Eric. Wednesday night, I want you to be ready to support me with the guitar on Wednesday night. Okay? So whatever you have to do to get ready, you and I are supposed to work on that Wednesday night. Wednesday night's been crazy. Absolutely crazy. I don't know why you would not be here on a Wednesday night. But he showed up big time again this last Wednesday. And people are getting healed. They're getting answers. They're getting joy in their heart for the Lord they haven't had in a long time. You come excited and expecting. The countenance on numerous people's faces have absolutely changed. They don't resemble the same since the Holy Spirit on Wednesday night, the class there. This changes. So I encourage you to come. Well, you're just trying to get attendance. No, I'm trying to have a relationship with my God and I'm inviting you to be with us. Enter in and have fun. Enter in and have fun. Well, I don't think the ministry is supposed to be fun. The kids did not, the kids wanted to be around Jesus. You can't be a fuddy-duddy and have kids want to be with you. Every life counts. Every person counts. And we have an opportunity in front of us with what the Holy Spirit's doing to align ourselves not only Wednesday, but here to go do what he wants us to do. Isn't that awesome? Now I'm going to read something that's not politically correct. 
like it's not my first time. <laughs> but uh, some of the ideas or things we do, I stole. I stole a couple things from Charles Neiman in El Paso, Texas. We were down there for a conference, and he mentioned that they were delivering food to every police and fire station in the city of El Paso since 9-11. Everyone. Well, when you have a church of 40,000, you can do that pretty easily. But we chose because we wanted to honor particularly the fire stations that were around our building at 60th and L. And this side of town. They're the ones that serve, would serve our church off of 42nd, off of 71st, even as far as 110th. They would serve us. Also, for the amount of disrespect that it went out to our police officers over the last decade, that irritates me that someone can put their, line, their life on the line for our safety and they could be dishonored the way that so often they have been. So we took a couple of the police stations. They're set up differently. The fire station and the police stations, how they function are differently. So uh, we brought food to the police stations. Since 9-11, on the five major holidays, we've not failed but to deliver not crappy meals. We're talking good meals that you would like. If I invited you over my house, you'd be happy with what you're getting that we're serving you. This is from... The Ralston Police Department. This is official from the department. And we, f we feed them, and they have the largest parade in Nebraska every year is 4th of July through Ralston. They got everybody's hands on deck. Everybody's there. And we bring tons of food for all of them. Here's what they've said. We sincerely appreciate all the food and love your church has shown our department over the years. The time you take to prepare, deliver the delicious food is wholeheartedly appreciated. This is from the department. Thank you and God bless you. He was not being politically correct. Little efforts that you do speak deeply into people's lives. And you never know. Oh, that money you gave in that offering, five years later there's a salvation. They're connected. They're connected. Now, I've also had someone hand me some money today to tell me to put it wherever I want to put it. Okay, it's not the $50. But I've challenged us in the last month to take a 5, a 10, a 20, or whatever amount it is, and put it aside. Even if it means you, you fast a meal or whatever like that. But then it says, prove me now therewith. If I will not open up, prove me. Right. It's, it's the only time in the Bible God says do that. So you know what? Put some money aside and say, Lord, I'm going to put it in good ground. Yes. I'm going to put it exactly where you want me to put it. I'm going to plant the right seed, and I'm expecting a harvest based on that. Yes. Okay? So I've received two of those 
today before service. And we believe in the name of Jesus. They're planting them in good ground with a harvest that they'll know that they'll know that they'll know. My God heard my prayer, and this is a result. Do you agree with that? Isn't that awesome? I'm so excited to see you guys and come to church. But I'm, I'm hearing stuff in my spirit. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. When I was growing up as a boy... Not as a girl, I grew up as a boy. I hesitated and I figured somebody was going to jump in there with that one. Some of the greatest times is during the summer when my dad had vacation. And he had two weeks, the first two weeks of August, and the McGaffin clan, which include my mom's side, from God's bless, the Runties, everybody, didn't matter. Then my sister's husband's side, who my, my brother-in-law has been part of the family since before I was born, the Deasings. We would have a couple family gatherings. And at 303 South 51st Street, we'd have anywhere during the day, anywhere from 30 to close to 100 at the house. Very hard to keep a good set of grass in front of the house when the whole yard's filled. And everybody gets food. Someone brings a bucket of Kentucky Fried, they do this and that. But as a kid, I loved that because I felt I was part of. Please, I don't think there's anything on TV, online, that'll be more fun than hanging out with you all tonight. Amen. Just, I don't think there is. Proverbs says this, it pays, uh, the person who pays attention to the word of God will find good. If you pay attention to the word of God, you will find good. It's in Proverbs 16. But I want to take you to James chapter 2 right now. Yes, sir. Still working with the new Bible, and the pages don't flow as quick as the one I wore out. That's okay. That's okay. There we are. James chapter 2. And verse 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as a transgressor. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and you shall offend in this one point, you're guilty of it all. 
you offend in this one point, no matter how good you are, you offend it all. And the word is royal. You know, you come to my house, we'll open the door, we'll, we'll treat you great, but I don't know what it is to own a mansion and have all my servants and uh, armor bearers and everything and royally greet you with the horns when you come in. James refers to this as the royal law, not just the law of gravity, but this is a royal law, and it's simply that you love your neighbor as thyself. You do well. Don't respect persons. Don't favor this or that. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, I have hurt myself over the years doing things, and some of them stupid, some of them not so stupid, but I've hurt myself. I wouldn't purposely choose to hit my hand with a hammer. I love me, and I wouldn't do that. And when I love my brethren, then I'm not hurting me. I'm loving me. I'm loving you. Am I making sense? Okay, because we're real close to this. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. Um, if we've hit all the lights off in here and we can't see one another, the only way to alleviate that situation is to turn the light on. No, I'll talk about it. No, I'll, I'll, I'll reach. I'll, I'll, no, 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 no. Above all, flip the lights on. It says here in verse 8, and above all things, have passionate, fervent charity or love among yourselves. Passionate, fervent love amongst ourselves. We have a time of greeting. It's so important, it's so awesome to, to hug and to Who would have thought 10 years ago I'd be fist-pumping Miss Cephalin? You know, she's cool. You fist-pump, you're a baby. Got it. Fervent. Not cold, not lackadaisical. If you don't know someone, make it a point to get to know them. Come this afternoon, I don't know that person. Then go sit down. Well, I don't know what I'd say. It's easy. Share how you got saved. They'll share how they got saved, and you'll find something in common to talk about. It's easy. It's easy. Amen. I'm having a good time. Okay. If you want to be close to Jesus, you have to live the love life. If you want to be close to Jesus, we have to walk the love life. Simple as that. Will there be... Things get in the way, yeah. But remember, love has emotions, right? I could say I love. Let's see, where should I go with that? I'm going to head towards, I can see in my mind the steak and big lobster tail. There's the butter to dip it in. My baked potato is loaded. 
and I'm ready for lunch. Okay? And I can say, I love that meal. Love has emotion, but that's not all love is. The God kind of love comes out of 1 Corinthians 13 and tells you, it does do this, it does do this. All that does in love is, you choose. Well, I have trouble walking in love. The Spirit of God, no, that's not His fault. He's moving in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Right in the middle, he puts the love chapter, and it's up to us to walk in it. Anyone who's been married, actually anyone in here who's been in a family, you've got to learn to shut up, when to speak, and not to mouth off to mom and dad. I was right one time as a teenager. I had a date. I had to pick her up and get to the movie on time, and my mom decided to stop at Woolner's and get some groceries and took an extra 30 minutes. And I'm mad. But I can't get mad at mom. I was doing really good. She comes in. She's got her groceries. Uh, and I'm going by. She goes, wait a minute, I need to talk to you. And I said, I don't have time to give you. That cost me weeks without the car. To say to mom, I don't have time to give you. Perhaps I could have spoken in a different way. <laughs> choose some better words. Not have a little tang to the, okay? If you want to walk with Jesus, you've got to learn to walk in love. Anytime, anywhere, somebody can irritate you. And the love of God does not take an offense. A love of God does not suffer a wrong. That was wrong. Let it go, Jim. But I was right. And I can prove it. And I can tell ten other people and they'll agree with me. doesn't matter. It does not matter. It says out of Proverbs 16, verse 2, All a man's ways are clean in his own eyes. When you're offended, you're right no matter what, even if you're dead wrong. And then over a period of time, you will build a museum to that thought. You will add stuff that isn't even part of it or accurate because you were right and this was wrong. Amen? Thank you for staying there with me. Our love of God is reflected by our love for one another. Get a mirror. It's reflected how we love one another. John 15, verse 17. Uh, our Savior, the one who went to the cross for everyone here, who paid the price for everybody in here, who will see when we're done there, he suggests, implies, says it's up to you. No, 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 no. He commands us who are called by his name to walk in love. It is a command. Now, I've raised my kids with Deborah, and, and there's times we're talking, I'm telling them what to do. But all of a sudden, when dad's voice changes, the boys know time is up. We went from you know, you need to mow the backyard, you need to mow the back to mow the backyard. A command just came out. 
Suggestion time stopped. He commands every one of us to love the unloving, to love the hurting. They don't have the love of Jesus in them. They don't know what it is. They don't know how to respond to it. They're going to spit up on us from time to time. They don't know what to do. Uh, let's go to John 16.1. Why is this so important in this year? We're talking crazy faith and crazy love because the church to turn the tide of this nation needs to be the church that is led by the Holy Spirit who puts the love of God shed abroad in our heart and it must be demonstrated. And we've got to be about his business. We can't hide up in a shell and say, oh, just leave us alone. No, 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 no. We take the light out into the darkness. And it's a catchy phrase. People don't want to know. I don't know how much you care. I'm, I'm screwing it up. You understand? But if, if, you, if we're not real, they're not going to buy anything. Had a tree trimmer. We've got to get our trees trimmed. All the heavy rains and everything like that. The limbs are down. We've got to top something off. We've got to cut a branch, a, a limb type of thing off. And I'm a little restricted to going out on the back deck and in the yard, running around showing, this is what I want. So I tried to get it to where it's Deborah home with me and that they can have a time. Well, they are finishing a job, starting a job. They're in between. They've called a couple times and she hasn't been there couldn't be, will happen again this week. Now, I've asked you, every one of us, witness to at least one about Jesus, invite at least two to church. Many people say, well, I've never been invited to church. No one's ever asked. That'd be us. So here comes this guy, and he's in his late 30s. I did the math as we were talking. And I'm at the kitchen table, which is my office, I have all my books and stuff to the chagrin of my wife. Do you have to make that big a mess? Yes. But I am capable of cleaning it up. But my point is this. I got my Bible out. I got my notebooks. I got my cords. I'm doing my stuff. And he comes. He calls. Well, she's like, come on ahead. This is the second or third time. At least the second. But probably the third time he's called. So he comes over there. About, oh, I'd say 5'8". Short, brownish blonde hair. A little tiny mustache, 170 pounds. Really nice guy. Comes in, well, what would you like done? So I took him to the front door and stuck my head, my, you know, and pointed to what I want done there. And I said, if you go on the west side, you'll see the bushes that I want done there. They're gotten too tight. Cut them back. And then in the back, there's this tree that Deborah has planted, and it needs to be topped and shaped properly. And there's that doggone limb that has grown and grown and grown. It is now touching the top of our neighbor's trees, but it's blocking the sun and my suntan time. I'm telling you, Howard, I've been suntan since seventh grade. Accused of being Hispanic since seventh grade. I'm going to Cancun in late September and I'm not going to be the beast white whale. I'm getting my tan on. How is that important to you? It's one of my best thinking and praying time. I'm just laying there. 
meditation time. Anyhow, now we're at the patio door. And out of the blue, he says, I've been sober for 13 years. Where did that one, I mean, I'm just messing with him, just talking. All of a sudden, he went deep. All of a sudden, okay. I wasn't pushing, he went deep. So really, 13 years, yeah. I said, how do you attribute that? And he said, well, I just cried out to God. Now he's talking about God. I haven't yet. That's like putting bloody meat in front of a shark to me. <laughs> but you don't go for the whole gusto at one time. You eat the enchilada a bite at a time, you get there. So I said, well, you know, uh, I'm a pastor and I've dealt with people for all kinds of things from depression to drugs to alcohol. And I'm really proud of you, 13 years, because you must have an incredible will or you cried out to God and his power enabled you to stay clean. And he said, well, I was in the service, did two things. So he went into 18. While he was over there, he shot an eight-year-old kid to death. The kid was carrying a bomb. He got paid $10 to walk into the soldier's arena area and blow it up. And it was his position as a sentry, whatever, to stop it. The only way he could stop it is to blow the kid away. And he will forever have a picture in his mind that is so hard to escape that he became someone who drank to ease the pain. That kind of hurt, or in many girls' lives, abuse, or the incredible verbal abuse of a parent or some significant person in your life, to get away from it, it takes the power of God. John 16.1 just simply says these, this, these things I've spoken to you that you'll not be offended. He's going into John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Some of the longest times, if you have a red-letter Bible, you won't see much black in there. Jesus is talking. And he said, I'm teaching you this so you'll not be offended. Don't be offended. Well, that's easy for you to say, yeah, it is. Don't be offended. It's a lot harder to do it. You want to take an offense, you took it. Well, they shouldn't have said it. They shouldn't have done it. That's right. They shouldn't have, but don't take the offense. Pastor Buddy would tell me, bull blows by. Let it go. Amen? Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, we've got to forgive like our heavenly Father forgives us. You want to walk in his forgiveness, then you've got to be a forgiver. You've got to be a forgiver. Well, it's so hard. Jesus will now blow you out of the water. I've been up since 3.30. Why? I've been in this service and praying for people. Leah, I've been praying for you since 3.30 this morning. Praying for, as your faces come up, I'm praying for, I can't go back to sleep. That ate up three to four hours of my morning. You know what? 
It ate up my time. If I came to you, Howard, and I offended you, I literally did wrong to you by word or action, and then said, would you please forgive me? I'm so sorry. Would you forgive me? Okay. For the next 24 hours, I do the same sin fervently every two and a half minutes. And will you forgive me? Same sin. Really hurts. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And will you forgive me? Same sin, same offense, same hurt. Same habitual behavior. But I'm really sorry. Husbands and wives got to be sincere when they say sorry to each other because they got to live together. It's terrible to live single when you're married in a house. She's got her place, you got yours, and we are not talking. Jesus, our master, says we must forgive 70 times 7. That's every 2.35 minutes. Same sin, same hurt, same everything, and you got to do it. And we all know we can't do that. Amen? Which means we have to grow up in his love. Oh, it hurts. Now, everybody can forgive many things, but you have your all-star top ten list. And I'll go that to the top five list. I think most people in here have one, two, three, four, five people that you have a hard time forgiving and or being around. And if you saw him or her walk in here, you would be uncomfortable. Why? There's an emotional feeling to it because it's still alive in your consciousness. Good preaching, Pastor. You're doing great. To forgive means this. Here's a, here's a flavor of it. Here's an arm of it. Stop the recollection. The word is recollect in the Greek. If I remember, I, I, can, bring up, I can bring up stuff from grade school. I can bring high school wonderful moments. But when I gave my life to Jesus at age 19, I can bring up some other moments of great hurt great offense, most of which not the weight and the fault of it does not fall on me. It's what people have done to me. If you become a minister and you have to say yes or no, white and black, it, uh, you're not going to make everybody happy. And they don't mind eating you for lunch in their mouth. Anyhow, forgiveness is when you recollect it. When you think it over again, a little bit of emotion comes to it. And if you give it time for the day, you give it a half an afternoon. You're wound up and mad as if it just happened. You have to put effort at the minute the offense, the hurt, no, I cast it down in the name of Jesus. And every time your mind wants to recollect, no, 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 no. Well, I can't stop you. You can stop it. I can give you two ways you can. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You talk to God and not in man. You can shut your mind down. 
It is medically, scientifically proven when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the same thing that tells me how to talk to you in my mind, I'm not using that center. It comes from another place in my mind. So when I want to talk to Lucas, that thing is working. When I want to talk to God, it's a whole nother deal. I can shut it down there. The other one is worship. You can worship your brains out. Oh, it hurts. Do it more then. Do it more. Well, I don't want, no, you want to feel sorry for yourself. Now, please do not say I'm aiming at anyone. I'm talking me. I ran my list. It, to position this for our benefit to go forward, it cost me an afternoon of having to do this. Don't rehearse it again and again. Luke 6.37 says, If I judge not and condemn not, I free then to forgive and be forgiven. If I'm not the judge and jury, you see those shows where they have a Jerry Springer, a judge with a gavel, that makes sense. Yeah, like he's a judge. It's a TV show. But every time the gavel comes down, you see the judge make a decree. Don't sentence someone to burn in hell want the worst to happen to them they're going to get it whatever seed they put on the ground it's going to come back you have a whole attitude of judgment certainly don't take it to the point of condemning them that there's no way out of that mess and if you don't do those things you're free to forgive and when you do that it says you'll be forgiven isn't that awesome I want to live a life free of that weight. I'm sorry, some of it hits really close to home. Because when it hits home, that's where you hold on to it the most. And for anyone who's been offended at God, let it go. He didn't fail you. He sent his son because he loves you. Well, I prayed and I didn't get an answer. There are many factors going in too when things don't work out. Love trusts. I'm halfway around the world on a missions trip. I trust my wife. She trusts me. Why? We love one another. My God doesn't do me bad. He means me no harm. He loves me. I trust him. Well, what's the end times are coming? I, I can get in there and study that stuff and get all boggled down. I'll just put it, when he comes, I go. That's right. Come on. What day, it doesn't matter. I trust him. He runs this whole thing. He's doing a pretty good job. Yes. So when he returns the way he wants to do it, I'm all in it. But until then, I'll occupy till he comes. I am a strong force for the kingdom of God. Amen? When your lives are attacked by circumstances and offenses, I just simply say, when you pull over to pray, check the level of your love walk and your forgiveness. You want to bring down the shields? Check how much you love and how much you 
won't forgive. The shields are coming down. You're catching more darts than you were before. Get them back up. Sort of like on Star Trek. Shields up by walking in love. Forgiving. Get the shields up. Get the shields up. I'm having fun. I don't know about you guys. Ephesians 3.20 says this. That God can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than I can ask or even think. A number of times in my life, I've been overwhelmed by the generosity of a situation, people, and it just kept on coming, and I'm just shaking my head. Just Anybody been there? It's just a couple times, it just blows you away. Now imagine the God who created heaven and earth. Put the stars in there. Measured the seas. And he can do exceedingly abundantly more than I can ask or even think. But there's a catch there. According to the power that works within us. You don't release. I don't say like we have him bound. Because he can do anything he wants here, sir. Anything, sir. Whatever you want. According to the power that works within us. Spirit-filled, spirit-led. Every day. Now, I talk like that in here. This is training time. Because you're going to get out like we saw the movie Top Gun. You've got a training time. You're going to get out. The battle's going to be out there. And you've got to deal with your flight plan. You've got to deal with everything in the circumstances. I'm talking to us to train us to handle what's out there. And have it contagious to people. How are you doing that? I don't see how you live like that. Let me share this with you. How the, what? Really? Yeah. My God. I love him. He can do according to the power that works within every breathing person in this building. Not super pastor, super singers, usins, the whosoevers. I can get healed by my grandsons laying hands on me. They're just little grandboys. They're grand. They can heal me. Am I going to push away the very vessel God has chosen to use to bring healing to my flesh? That would be stupid. Amen? Amen. Second Timothy. I've been a preacher for a long time and I have uh, put together messages a long time. I'm aware of a clock. How much time do you have? I will take as much time as I need. But I'm letting you know right now, the clock has stood still. I'm so far along something, at, well, the time is very early. I can't recall in a long time that happening while I'm preaching. So I don't know what he wants to do, but I intend to find out. Second Timothy chapter, oh, let's go to First Timothy 4. And the only reason is for uh, continuity of the message is that, let's see, First Timothy 
4, 14. Paul's writing to Timothy, who he dearly loves. And he's trying to equip him to lead and teach and grow up a church in Ephesus. The numero uno demonically possessed city in the known world. The eighth wonder of the world is there the temple of the goddess Diana. The entire culture worships and obeys what they're told to do pertaining to her. And now he has a church. And they are greatly affecting it. And the church is growing. And yet Timothy's a young man. At one point he says, don't let him give you a hard time because of your youth. But he says this to Timothy as Timothy deals with these situations and new converts daily. Verse 14 says this, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the leaders. I just tell you, don't neglect the gift. I got a gift, a nice gift, a billion years ago of I think it's what it's called an iPad. Is that what those things are? I neglected to find out how to use it. I've purposely pulled it out from my office where it's buried. It is now on my vanity, on my sink in the bathroom, so that I have to look at that sucker every day. But in so doing, I'm infuriated with myself, and I've charged it. Oh, no. But I don't know the passcodes, the passwords, because it was like 10 years ago. I have neglected a wonderful gift a member of this church gave me. I didn't use it. Every breathing member of this church has at least a, but plenty gifts because you have the one who gives them all in you right now. I don't need another gift. Use the one that you have now. When you preach, you tell a lot about yourself. I'm being as honest as I possibly can because I live just like you and I expect supernatural things in my life. In 2 Timothy 2.15, yeah, we're cl- so close. Just go 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Jim McGaffin, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. What would I be ashamed of if I don't rightly divine the word of truth? If I read this book like a history book, like a magazine article, or something I got online, and it does not affect not just not my head because it's being renewed, but it gets into my heart, then I am a workman not doing my job. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. You gotta study. You gotta study. What am I going to study? God's word and his truth. I already used a scripture in Proverbs 16. Yesterday was the 16th. It was verse 2. It was right there. 
reading through the Bible with me in the Promise 22, I took something of wisdom for this message for all you people out of my daily studying time with the Lord. Okay, I'll do that. Sorry. Verse 15 again, and this will be out of the Amplified. Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved. A workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. When the tests come, this is what God's word says, and you stand on it and do it. And I'm not ashamed. I did my job. I did what I was asked to do. How how can you be like that? It's the only way to be. Because not one word of God returns void. It accomplishes every single thing it's sent to do. And it prospers in the place it's sent to do it. And I'll see that in my life. The life I have, I don't know what it would have been without Jesus. And because of Jesus, I got her. And I don't know what my life would be without the boys and Mercedes and all the grand boys. I don't know what my life would have been outside of Jesus. He changed everything. Just that simple. Well, I don't know if there is a... I, I, sorry, I, if I'm talking to someone who really wants to hear, I met him when I was 19 and I met the man. I don't know I'll see him again. He got my whole life. Everything changed. All my behavior, every, my whole family. What is wrong with him? I met the man. Why? Because they tend to go one way in the world, and I ain't going that way no more. Great English, right? Great English. I ain't going that way no more. We change. We really do change. Ne- not, do not neglect the gift of God that is in you. Go to John chapter 15. I'm almost done and it's way early. John 15 and verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Let's just shift gears on that. Here, my father. We're talking about Almighty God, the Father. Be glorified. That we can actually give him more glory than he already has. How? By bearing fruit. By bearing fruit. I wrote down here a little thing that over the years, all the kids have done something darling like this. But I've also, one of them do something, I said, that's my boy. That's my boy. What did he do? He brought me glory and a smile to my face that what I've poured into him is working, is bearing fruit, is changing lives. Oh, I'm so tempted to tell that story. 
how to say it. I can't say it without being too personal. But when you have someone you don't know come up to you in a large meeting and says, you should be so proud of your son. My firstborn did something to cover another person's sin. And when I asked him about it, he said, that person's been hurt enough. I can take it. My son stood up like a man and covered a hurting person. And this other adult found out about it. My son was 18. And they came to me and said, you ought to be very proud of your son. I didn't know anything about it to that moment. That he spent months in school taking the crap to protect somebody. And all he said, I can take it, Dad. I walked away. That's my boy. When you bear fruit, God's that's my boy. I can, I can, I can use him. This is how I envision it. Deborah and I are sitting at the table in Graz, Austria, having a pizza. We've been at meetings all day and stuff, and we're just sitting there, she and I, by herself, in this gorgeous setting, and we're just talking. And right next to us is a lady, and I notice she's staring. Her name is Yana, we find out. She's just staring. And I, and I finally, yeah? Is, can I help you or whatever? She goes, well, it's obvious how you, by the way you two talk, that you love each other. I said, yes, we do. God gave her to me. She's a gift. Yes, we do. And she said, I love my husband the same way. He died last night. She has no family. No children. She's by herself. And her husband died. Her hero, he was a university lector and traveled Europe lecturing. Brilliant man. Everybody's, oh, he's an incredible type of guy. He died. I say that to simply tell you this. She's a Christian, and she's hurting. And I'm sure she prayed. And I can just hear Father, Son, Holy Ghost say, do we have anybody down there that could help her? Oh, we have Jim and Deborah right there. Because we bring him glory. We won't miss that chance. And I'm telling you, you have those chances right now. No matter what hardship you're going through, you can turn it and do something with it. And if you say, I don't know if I can, come talk to me privately. I'll overbear you with truth. That you can take any situation and turn it because of God's great goodness in your life. Amen. 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 My Father is glorified that I bear much fruit. Not, how many have ever had a bowl of cherries and you just eat them for a bit? Those real sweet ones, really great ones. Isn't it a shame when there's only one or two and you want more? I want much cherries. I don't want one or two. Much fruit. Don't be satisfied with one supernatural intervention. Don't be satisfied with just a little much. 
well, I don't know if I can do this. Well, then you need to read John 14 too because we're right there. Fourteen twelve. And Jesus is saying, I'm not lying to you. He goes, verily, verily, of a truth, I'm telling you that he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also greater works than these because I go to the Father. I want the greater works. I want to participate in a supernatural life where greater works are part Without his love, I can't love her the way I have for 46 years. Love my kids, lay down my life for my kids. I can't do it. But I can't pastor a church without that. Supernatural love helps you. Now little Merritt, Mercedes baby, he's taken a bottle. And I don't know how soon it'll be even for Joy to eat solid food. But occasionally, babies learning to eat, and they're babies, they spit up on you. Anybody know that? Okay, They might be 50 years old, but they can still be a baby, and you'll occasionally have one of those babies spit up on you. You don't slap the baby... You blow it off, get yourself cleaned up because it's a baby. You could do greater works. We don't have to turn there, but it's Matthew 26, 52. Just simply, they came to rest Jesus. And the anointing was so strong, the armed throng of well over a thousand, it said a multitude, and some of them were military, fell to the ground as if dead, it says. And that is when the disciples who went out and cast out demons and healed the sick and collected the bread and saw Jesus walk around, that's when they fled in terror. They'd been threatened before with Jesus. But this one, they ran in terror. Done with them. Jesus needs to start over. These guys are losers. Can never do anything with them. They're quitters. When I needed them most, where were they? Can't trust them. Whoa, 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 whoa. He appears to them in Mark 16, the last few verses. Go wait. Where? In Jerusalem, till you be endued with power. Acts chapter 2. And the Holy Ghost will come on you. These cowards... In Acts 44, 29, when they've been threatened not to preach in this name, they turn around and say, Lord, grant unto us more boldness to proclaim your truth. How? By signs and wonders in the name of your child Jesus. You threaten me, I will get bolder. How? I will do signs and wonders. I will love the unloving. I'll care. I'll pray. I'll heal. I'll cast out anytime, anywhere. He's doing a dadgum tree evaluation 
and out of the blue, I've been sober for 13 years. Where did that come from? A need in his heart. Something touched him, and you pay attention to it. I don't live where you live, but you know what? You don't live where I live. But you can affect every person you touch daily. And they'll see. They'll see something. They won't see your preaching or your church do-goodiness. They'll see the love of Jesus Christ in you. All the other miracles, the gifts. It's as though I can do this and I can prophesy this. And do this. If I have not love, I'm a clanging cymbal. The key for our maturity and our bearing fruit and living the kind of life God wants us to live is to not live in unforgiveness and purpose to walk immediately in control immediately when we're hurt and offended. Let it go. And go the other way in love. Now there will be signs and wonders. People being healed. Words of wisdom. Words of knowledge come. And all that is great. But the core of it is still walking in love. How will the world know that Jesus is real? How will they know? John 13. Oh, you can get to John 13. I won't give you the verse yet. I wrote down, the Holy Spirit is in us to take away the fears of reaching out. My personality, I'm an introvert. No, you're a child of God. Every disciple was different and he used them. Well, I, I just don't feel comfortable. Get over it, you will. You're not going to walk in water till you get out of the boat. Well, if I don't, and I said, I would rather, I heard it said this way, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. Get out of your comfort zone, get out of the boat, and just... Say the name Jesus. How about, have a blessed day, and all of a sudden you'll catch him. That's a Christian. Christians pick up on it just like that. People in need say thank you. Now you know they have a need. You don't have to ask them for their life history and butt in, but you can be kind. And a word fitly spoken I used last week is like gold. You can say the right thing. And you don't, you don't have to be holy, 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 churchy, churchy, churchy. Be you. Be who God created you to be. Right now, the metro area, including Council Bluffs, we will accept Iowa. I'm just teasing. But in all that, how will this metroplex know that Jesus is real. How will they really, really, really know? It's not a religion. It's not a phase. It's not an emotional. How will they know? It's John 13. Or, yeah, John 13. Verse 35. Jesus talking. By this, all men in the metro will know that you're my disciples. You have love one for another. Your love walk will talk more than your mouth. Your love actions tear down walls. I've said to people, 
we had a lady bring a lady to church. Lady looked troubled. At the end of church, I made a beeline to the back in the gymnasium, the back far right corner. They had got up to leave, and she was heading out. Like she'd had enough of this guy preaching, and I don't feel comfortable here. The anointing had gotten all over her. And I got her at the single door that's in the corner. Remember it, many of you? Right there? You had the uh, informational booth. Then you had the two doors right in the corner. One goes out in the hallway. She was heading for the hallway, and the lady who take her was right there with her. And I called the lady who's a member by name, and so they had to stop. And I got face-to-face about three, four feet away because you don't want to get in the comfort zone too much when someone's, when you don't know if that's where you need to be. And when I got there, her eyes rolled back. And I said to her, I'm so glad you came. God loves you and I hope you come back. No response. I'm talking her eyes rolled back. I know what that is and who that is. They left. They went out to lunch. As is my habit, I get to church. The service is at 6 then or 6.30 on Sunday night. 6. I'd get there by 4. I'm in my office back in the corner by myself. I like to be, when I come out of the office, I'm ready to enjoy the day. About 5 o'clock on the glass of the door. It's the woman and the woman with the eyes rolled back. I should be studying. I should be, nah, this ought to be fun. Let's go ahead anyhow. I open the door, come out in the foyer area. Standing right there on that tile. No air conditioning in the hallway. Hot summer day. There she is. I said, so good to see you. I'm so glad you're coming back for tonight. And this time, she growled at me. Eyes didn't roll back. And I said, I know who you are. And she wants free. You're coming out. She took a swing at me. I blocked it. Not my first rodeo with this. And I grabbed her to hold on to her. She did everything she could to make sure I couldn't stand up. So you know what I did? I went down with her, on top of her. She is going crazy. And I'm simply, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You're coming out of this woman right now. This is the only way it's going to be. And we had a Spanish church in our building at the same time. They were having a service. And their Spanish ladies were walking down the hall, going to the ladies' room. And here I'm on top of this woman... Prayed in the Holy Ghost, casting a demon out of her. This woman is literally lifting me up off of her. And I'm going, no, I said, you're coming out. The ladies decided not to go to the bathroom and went down to the sanctuary, down at the other end. Not ours, but the, on the other end. And lo and behold, I got about a group of ten women. And I thought this is hilarious later. They're talking in tongues. They speak Spanish, but they're talking in tongues. I've never heard how that would sound. Have a Spanish accent and go into tongues. It's hilarious to me. But they're in there interceding. And she got set free. 
she got set demonically delivered in her right mind standing up got filled with the Holy Ghost that night in the service and then we found the story we had three strange cars circling our property with men in them they were looking for her she grew up in a cult she was a breeder she get pregnant in their orgies have a baby for sacrifice. They've already killed four of her children. And by this time in that environment, she is possessed of a demon. And the, our member just ran into her at the gas station out on a, a Sat Brothers out on, going to Lincoln and just happened to get her to come. She got set free. She, her family lives in Indiana. And we arranged for her to sneak out of the state and go to Indiana to go back to her family, who she hasn't seen since she was like five or six when she was kidnapped. The power, you don't know what you're going to run to. That's a great story now, but it happened. And I saw that lady get free. Who could have guessed the abuse and, and the hurt and how does anybody really, she crying out to God on the inside of her heart for some help. Yes. We're the help Amen. going somewhere to happen. Amen. And it all works by the love of God. As we leave here today, who are you going to touch? What do you let God do with you? I want to hear, that's my boy. That's my girl. I want to make a difference. I have married people over the years who are now divorced. And of the ones I know about, they got off the foundation of what I'm talking about here today. If you build, we're, we have a home where our, son li- our old son lives, and it's an old home, and we had a repair job done too. Did I tell you this story already? Okay, well, they put up new wood and everything looked good. But over just a few years, the weight of the roof on the front porch has been such that it is bent, the four by fours holding it up. I had someone who did our deck, who I really like, go down there, and David went and looked at it, and he said, Well, your problem is this. They pounded the ground down and they put the new four by four footings into the ground of the porch, but they didn't lay any cement footings underneath have to jack it up, pour the cement, and have that be the footings. So with the ground it moves, it bends. Put the footings in, and I'm telling you, I'm talking to you about the foundation of your Christian walk with Jesus right now. If you don't put the footings in, what you build will bend under the weight of what life will do to you. Look at the divorce rate in America. The world in America has put so much weight Marriages are crumbling. Families are crumbling. We have the answer. Love one for another. Love one for another. I wouldn't trade my marriage for anything. Because for 46 years, I've experienced the love of God unconditionally towards me. I wouldn't trade the friendships that I have in this room 
at all. Paul would write it this way. I thank God upon every remembrance of you. How is Keith Lowry makes my day when he comes up and we do the handshake thing all the time. I look forward to it every Sunday. To see Bill stand in the back. To see Harlan with his head bent down just a little bit. He's praying the Holy Ghost for me to do a good job. We've been together for a long time. My point is simply this. You leave here, it is your privilege to represent the king. In every single arena of your life. And if someone, and I'm sorry for what happened to you, but if someone, and they have, and I know, and you got your top five, let it go. Every time your mind wants to recollect the wrong, I ask you, make your forgiveness fresh. Cast that thought down in the name of No, I've forgiven them. Well, but you don't. I've forgiven them. I've forgiven them. And then start praying for them. Like you'd want someone to pray for you. That fervent, passionate thing will come back to mind. It's important, church. I want to be known that one of my dearest friends went to heaven Friday. And he would call me once a week through this whole thing with my leg. Hey, Big Jim McGaffin. Same line every time. I want to have relationships with people. Big Lucas. Big Michael. As we go do our job. As we make a difference. Amen? There's not one thing on your top five list that Jesus' life and blood didn't pay for and was successful. That one thing doesn't top the sacrifice of the Son of God. You're just holding on to it. Let it go. Love. Let it go. Amen? If you're in here today and I've hit the target, I don't want, it, it's your business, so I'm not going to have you stand. But I want to know that you'll do something that you not hear it and just walk out and forget what manner of man you are. That's what it says in James. You hear the word, you go out there and you forget what you heard. No, you're going to do it. Just close your eyes for a second. And on the count of three, if, if I've hit the target, will you just nod your head or raise your hand, whatever? I want to know that I hit the target. One, two, three. Thank you. I don't want to know your business. I want to know that God's Word's taking care of that business. And that He can use you anytime, anywhere in a supernatural way. Amen? Amen. Anyone in here hurting in their body and need prayer? Anyone? 
Stand to your feet right now if you need prayer. Don't go to anyone yet. Do you need, you're telling me everyone in here feels good, has no pain. If you need prayer, stand. Okay. Nick, are you coming down? Sammy, can you put on CC? We're going to play a song to encourage you. And there are people in here that compassion, remember, moved by compassion, divine love inside your heart. You turn around and you look at these people and something just clicks. I don't care if ten people pray for Lucas. All of us pray for any of them. Everybody. But we're going to have you listen. You can, the words will be on the screen. You can close your eyes and intercede. You can pray. You can work on the list, Lord. I forgive aunt so-and-so. I forgive my dad. I forgive my ex. You can go down the line and you can get rid of it in this song because it's filled with faith to believe. Okay? Sammy, get it good and get it good and loud. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.